Chapter 5, Propaganda and Resistance, Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 9. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I shall bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Shechem, unto the plain of Morher. More hair, and the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord, who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west, and Hay on on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord, and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. Genesis seventeen one through 8 And when Abram was ninety years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee, thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. As soon as the rain stopped, Mark went back outside to his work of pulling weeds. Just as Grandpa had predicted, it was much easier with the ground well soaked. Amy went back to her just dusting. Just as she had predicted, she never quite finished. There were too many fascinating things to examine as she worked. As Mark was washing his hands after his yard work, and while Amy was still dusting, Grandma came out to the shop. I'm going to need some hamburger buns for dinner, she announced. Hamburgers, Grandpa said. Are you two staying for dinner? He asked Amy. Amy nodded. Yep, with Mom and Dad, she said. Good deal, said Grandpa. Come on, let's go get buns. Mark and Amy climbed into the bench seat of Grandpa's battered blue pickup truck. And as they drove, they came upon a sign for a garage sale. And Grandpa stopped the truck. Grandpa always stopped for garage sales. Grandpa and the children entered the garage where they sold, saw 
old furniture and piles of odds and ends, hastily brought inside earlier to protect them from the rain. Grandpa hurried through the piles until he came to some old lamps. He chose one, saying, I'll take this one. Amy could not see why. The lamp had no light bulb and no lampshade. It was nothing but a metal stand. The metal was green, stained, and ugly. Who's going to want that? Mark wondered out loud. This is real brass, Grandpa answered. Once I polish it and shine it up and stick a nice-looking lampshade on it, it will be be it'll be a beautiful lamp. I'll show you when I get it done. Mark thought, if you get it done. But he did not say this out loud. Grandpa had a reputation for having too many projects. Some were half-finished, some scarcely begun, others not started at all. Yet, he could never resist picking up just one more. When they returned home, Grandma took the buns with a thank you and shook her head at the lamp. Dinner was not yet ready, so the three went out to the shop to find a place for the lamp. After setting it down in a corner next to four other lamps waiting for attention, Grandpa sat down with his yellow storybook. We have a few minutes, he said. Let me tell you about the next battle in our war. The children sat down and Grandpa began. After the flood, God put a rainbow in the sky. Do you remember why? It was there for a reminder, Mark said, because God said he would never flood the whole world again. Right, said Grandpa. So Satan had no hope of another worldwide disaster to wipe out mankind. He remembered that every time he saw a rainbow. But he couldn't do away with people altogether. Maybe he could make them forget about God. After all, God had made people to know and enjoy him. What if no one did? God's promise was for those who believed he would keep it. What if no one believed the promise or even remembered it? Mark, Grandpa asked, turning to his grandson, during World War II, what did Hitler get people to go along? How did people get hit? How did Hitler get people to go along with his evil ideas? He used propaganda, Mark replied. How do you know that word? Amy interrupted. I just learned it myself in seventh grade. History. If it has anything to do with war, Grandpa chuckled, Mark knows it. As I was saying, Mark continued, pleased to have impressed Amy with his vocabulary, Hitler was always putting out information, like news stories or like books written by scientists that would say his ideas were right, even though they weren't. But people believed him. And of course, because Hitler was smart, he mixed into his false information enough truth to get people to believe it, said Grandpa. Satan did something similar in our war. People would see something God had made and think it was wonderful. And it was. Satan, though, would suggest to them that, since that thing was so wonderful, the thing itself must be a god. The sun is warm and it gives light. What would we do without it? And people can't control it. It must be a god. Trees and rain and cattle and birds, even snakes. Each one is so amazing. When you stop and think of it, it must be a god. 
Such false ideas spread all over the world. Soon everyone was praying to the things God had made instead of worshiping the God who had made them. Grandpa raised the lid of his box, sorted through the pieces inside with his finger. He found the two pieces he wanted, and after closing the lid, he set one of them on top of the box. Mark and Amy leaned forward to see what it was. It was a little figure of a sun, a moon, and two stars representing the created things people made into false gods. Satan must have had another thrill of excitement, Grandpa continued. Perhaps God's plan to have people who would know and love him was ruined. Everyone seemed to be worshipping other gods. Grandpa noticed that Mark and Amy were listening intently. He stopped and grinned, enjoying their suspense. Amy saw the grin. Well, go on, Grandpa, she urged. Then what happened? God spoke to a man named Abram, whom he had already chosen for something important. Grandpa said, God came to Abram and told him to leave three things. Leave your country, leave your relatives, and leave your father's house, God said. Abram may have wondered where he was supposed to go if he left all those things, but God didn't tell him. He just said, go to a land I will show you. That could have been anywhere. Then God promised to make a great nation from him, and he promised to bless him and to bless all the people of the world through him. Mark interrupted. Wasn't his name Abraham? It was later, Grandpa replied. Later, God changed Abram's name to Abraham. Then Grandpa chuckled. All bet Satan didn't like the part about all the people of the earth being blessed through Abram. What do you think, Amy? Wouldn't that have made Satan nervous? Amy was puzzled. If you say so, she said, but I'm not sure what that means. Grandpa helped her. What great nation would finally come from Abram, Abraham? The nation of Israel, Amy answered. And who came from the nation of Israel and has turned out to be a blessing to the whole world? Jesus! said Amy. She brightened. Oh, I get it. God's promise to Abraham was the same as his promise to Adam and Eve. It was about Jesus coming someday. Bingo, said Grandpa. Still, Satan might have thought it could never happen. After all, God was asking Abram to leave his family in his hometown of Ur, a big, modern, wealthy city, to go to a land that he hadn't even seen yet. Wherever it was, it wouldn't be anything like Ur, and there wouldn't be anyone there he knew. Plus, Abram's own family worshipped idols, just like everyone else did. Why would Abram obey God and leave home? To Satan's surprise, however, Abram packed up his wife, his servants, his possessions, and set off, with no idea of where he was going. Abram believed God, so he obeyed him. This wasn't because Abram was especially good, and it wasn't because he was any more righteous than anybody else. Abram obeyed God because God had chosen him. This afternoon, I chose a lamp. I didn't choose it because it was beautiful. It was just as ugly and beat up as all the other lamps. I chose it so I could make it beautiful. 
God chose Abram, not because he was beautiful or he was obedient, but so that God could make him obedient. All work on the lamp to make it beautiful. God worked in Abram's heart to cause him to believe and obey. So Abram went to the land that God showed him. All over that land, he built altars to the one true God who had led him there. With a flourish, Grandpa bumped the little figure of the sun, moon, and stars off the box lid and replaced it with a miniature altar. From Abram would come the Israelite nation. It would be Israel's task to show the idol, worshiping neighbors, that there is only one true and living God. Joshua 24, 2 through 3. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nachor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood, and led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his seed, and gave him Isaac.